So yeah, I open it up to any those questions in our hearts, either about the way too quick run through the scriptures that we've had last couple weeks, or Mark will open us up with some questions from the list, perhaps. No new questions yet. What about old questions we haven't covered? Do you, do you still have the old ones on that list? Yeah. Uh, there's some, some old ones. Yeah, go ahead, Guadalupe. Yeah, totally. It's, that's, it enters the whole question of who is God and who are we as, as his free creatures? And, you know, one thing I think Father Hall got to answer this question a little bit on free will, that just because God knows something's going to happen doesn't mean he's forcing it to happen. Just as we're made in his image, we can predict things that are going to happen and foretell them with less certitude, but, but still nonetheless. I think Father Hall like threw something and he said, you, you know if I throw this, it's going gonna, it's gonna to fly through the air and land and crash, but that doesn't mean you're controlling it at all. And if that's true for us, all the more so for God, who is all the more perfect of a predictor, and yet also all the more perfect of a creator. Um, if we can create things that maybe don't have free will, but have a mind of their own, God can all the more so make something with true free will, and at the same time say with certainty that something will happen. And it, it's also just not hard to predict, I suppose, that sin would enter even those that he chose, that they're not perfect, the 12 that he chose. Not even just Judas, right? Uh, Peter's an obvious example, but James and John were also somewhat prideful. There's an episode of them wanting to sit at Jesus' left and right. Um, we can go through all sorts. Nathaniel was slow to believe. You know, he chose imperfect men, and that's good, right? That kind of gives us hope. That we, though imperfect, can also have a chance. So, yeah, it's free will, God's grace, his divine foreknowledge. All of that is a mystery, how it works together, uh, and yet it works. So, yes, Judas had free will, but God also knew. Which is crazy, right, that Jesus would still choose him. Which maybe goes to say for us, you know, God never stops calling us and choosing us, even if he knows, you know, God forbid that we'll reject him in the end. Um, that's love, I guess, you know, to choose someone even when you know that they'll hurt you. I think I also like to think of Judas because he was supposed to be the chosen one. His name Judas actually is the same name as Judah. Judah, who's like the most important of the tribes of Israel. So he should have been the chosen one, should have been the best of them. And yet, Church doesn't, we'll talk about the saints next time. And it's funny that the church canonizes saints, but the church never declares anyone to be in hell, not even Judas. So there's always hope, I suppose, uh, for salvation. Yeah, you never know. It's all up to God's justice and his mercy. Sure. We go way too far back. <laughs> We go to the early church. They actually had a very strong opinion on burning human bodies because that's how the pagan burials went. And the idea behind the pagan burial was that we are now releasing this person from their prison, that their body 
is is nothing but something that held them back. And in the Christian view, you know, especially surrounding Jesus and the resurrection, the body is a very important part of us and an expression uh, of who we are. And they kept their bodies. They laid them in the ground in cemeteries. That word cemetery wasn't really a word used for places people put bodies. They usually put them in necropolises and cities of the dead. The word cemetery means sleeping ground because that was the Christian idea that death is, is not the end. You know, we don't obliterate. Uh, it's, it's just a, a passage. And, you know, someday we will reunite with this body. Now, fast forward a little bit. And once paganism wore off, you know, the church kind of backed off on the whole, you know, not allowed to burn bodies because, of course, it, objectively, it doesn't matter what you do with the body as long as it's respectful. But once that paganism kind of wore off, we didn't have to worry too much about those pagan connotations about burning a body. So we can have cremation, and there's a right in the church for cremation. Uh, at the same time, the church says that those ashes are sacred. You know, it's it's a part of someone, and it still has a special connection to that person. And so when you think about uh, the honor you give someone and giving them a gravesite is you're giving their, their, not ancestors, opposite of ancestors, can't think of the word, their descendants <laughs> a chance to, to visit and have a real contact with them. It's the same ideas of relics of the saints, you know, uh, parts of the saints that we revere and we store in sacred places because there's a real connection that can happen there. Um, and when, uh, yeah, just one of the reasons that we don't really desire that just scattering of ashes is that you kind of lose that connection then, uh, that real connection that uh, we as bodily creatures desire and need. And so that's why uh, the church sort of teaches against that just scattering of ashes. The wind still having a place for that person uh, because they still have a place in this world, uh, a place in our lives, um, especially uh, to be prayed for. We're coming up on November 2nd, All Souls Day, special day to pray for those uh, who have gone before us and even for them to intercede for us in mysterious ways. Yeah, the church really would desire a, a, a sacred place, a place set aside for the special purpose of remembering the dead. Um, again, all sorts of weird scenarios can come up when you put the urn on the shelf. It's like, I mean, in the short term, it's fine, but the church is much more concerned with like a thousand years from now. Like that urn is just going to, I don't know, is it going to survive the... Uh, once you die and then you're handing all, all the stuff to your grandkids, are they going to keep it? Are they, are your grandkids going to keep it then? Or are they going to pass it down to their great grandkids and great, great grandkids? It's like put it in a space where it can stay there uh, indefinitely. Um, that's kind of the importance of these sacred burial grounds. It's a place that will last. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's probably why not even putting it on a shelf. It's not like it's not necessarily fine. You can have a respectful place for it in the short term, but we're thinking long term. We're thinking until Jesus comes. Yeah. So anonymously submitted. <clears throat> One, my son asked me if God the Father had. I never made myself that. I never asked myself that question. What did I say? Yeah. God the Father. 
Yeah. Um, um, I, I think uh, maybe a helpful um, helpful way to answer that is um, uh, there's only you guys. I don't know. If, do you remember that was like Jesus says, <clears throat> "Call no man your father," right? Um, and that gets all confusing. You're like, well, well, we've got priests that we call father, and then we've got our own dads that we call father. <clears throat> like the point that that Jesus is getting at is that there is there is one father. And so um, every other father is an expression of God the Father. Um, so that might be a helpful way maybe to share that with, um, that, that, I guess that'd be how I'd share it with like my son, John Paul, my son, James, they're eight and five. Um, that like all fathers, <clears throat> they participate in like God the Father. The, the word father also is like um, <clears throat> uh, uh, generator or like, like, um, one who like generates or one who gives or one who originates. Um, and so that's how we understand God also. Like it's where everything came from. Um, so God the Father didn't have a father because because he was a father um, in a spiritual sense. That might be too complicated for a child, but hopefully like <clears throat> might give you like a little bit. I don't know if there's more you'd want to share. Was there a question in the back? Yeah. <clears throat> Love that question. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Right. Like God's a mystery. And uh, Augustine, he said, like, if you understand it, it's not God. Like we can understand like parts of God, but God in himself, like we're like and that's in, in a way like that's the fun of it. <clears throat> like there's always more to know about God. So like with the Holy Spirit, um, I, I didn't share any details. Maybe I will the next time I get to talk with you guys. But my son, James, so he had this like injury when he was born. Um, <clears throat> he was, uh, <clears throat> he basically couldn't move his arm. It was really bad. Um, and I knew what it was because I'm a physical therapist. Um, and it was just, it was a really bad condition of a condition called Herb's palsy. Um, and we were doing therapy with him. Um, we were taking him to St. Louis to see specialists. And I mean, he was about two months old when we had like this retreat for this nonprofit, this apostolate my wife and I do. Um, and, and we felt like, all right, we're kind of nervous, but like we're going to pray <clears throat> over our son, James, like our two month old son, that God would heal his arm. And, and that's that's what happened. Um, he was literally healed like the next week he could raise his arm. And it was a, it was a, a, a literal physical miracle. It was amazing. So I share that story, <clears throat> not because the off factor, uh, but because like we've been telling like our son, James, about the Holy Spirit since he knew what words are right because his experience of god has been through like through healing um through the things that like bring great joy and and for our kids it's like it's a way of like um bringing like <clears throat> making things like making god real in real life it can sound i don't know like you don't it doesn't need to sound cheesy you know it's like oh like you really liked your sandwich today like that's god you know like that was your experience of god like not like that but um hopefully that yeah that kind of that was like a 15 minute answer to like, like a really a one minute really one minute but thanks for the question so in theory the holy spirit is working through people who are bad as well bring about good um Great question. God can God can work through any <clears throat> any bad, right? Um, 
But I think it would be better to say that the expression of the Holy Spirit are those people who say yes to God. So there are people that are bad, that do bad things. And I think a helpful way that's always, this is helpful for me to understand, like this phrase that the body speaks. So like we can lie with our bodies, with our actions, those things that we do. And so those who choose willingly to do bad things, like like you're not going to see the Holy Spirit in that because in a sense, when God's giving them that the gift, they're just saying no. Um, <clears throat> so God, God, the Holy Spirit can work through those things, but we see him expressed in those in those things like 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 gift, like, um, you know, maybe you could even like the, the titles, um, the symbols. That's where you're going to see see God's like expression of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you my wife's favorite prayer. Um, matter of fact, here, we'll just pray it right now. It's a great prayer. Um, you do whatever you want that makes you feel comfortable. It's like a super short prayer, but just write it out with me. You ready? <clears throat> In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Come now. Come as you wish. Amen. The name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's my wife's favorite. <clears throat> um, and I found that like that's really helpful for me too. It's it's me. It's it's literally invoking God the Holy Spirit, invoking Him like come right now. A lot of times because I, you know I'm like all I don't know what you're gonna do. I'm like I've got I've got my like shields up right. Um, so so come now and then come as you want to come. Right. Come as you want to come. And and that's me saying, like, I'm I'm open to the wild goose and, and how you want to work. And I'm just I'm just gonna try and be open to you. And like that's what God is asking us um in, in the gift of himself is, is that we can just slowly open more um to receive him. I think that's a great prayer. I think that's a great prayer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was just I was like, I think I know what's where that's going. A moment where I said, Wow, that was the Holy Spirit. Um uh, well, the story of James that I shared. Um, but uh, I think another example would be um, uh, I'm a convert. I, th- I said that. Um, <clears throat> here's a better story. So my son received first communion this year. Um, and there is like the 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 time before and then after. For me, it was like, wow, that's the Holy Spirit. Like the grace is real <clears throat> in the sacrament. Um, is amazing, like <clears throat> more mature, <clears throat> more loving, uh, more like interested in the faith, um, more concerned about others, more whatever, like all the things that like what I was reading about this, restored to paradise, uh, adopted as children, confidence to call God Father, all the stuff that I was joking around that's like, oh, that's terrible, right? Like amazing, like seeing it expressed in my own son, um, super cool. So that's mine. We got a question about Joe. There's a story about a man named Job. God lets the devil take everything from Job and lets the devil torture him. Why would God let the devil do that to Job? Okay. Easy question. Thanks. 
Let me tell you what I, I have heard <clears throat> and something that's been healing personally for me. The, the, the book of Job, it's really a question about what's the meaning to suffering, right? And the end of the story, the end of the book, we don't get an answer if, if you read the story. Job asks, <clears throat> God tells him, were you there when I created, the, created all this stuff? Were you there? Right. And then the the story kind of ends and we're not left like satisfied. It's not like it's not like a good book. We're like, oh, good. Like that makes sense. Like that's why I'm going to suffer. Um, <clears throat> like I think the way I would answer that question is like what's been healing for me is that it's not my job to figure out an answer for every reason that I suffer. But every opportunity that I have to suffer is to look like that. So it provides usually a painful opportunity to to be with Christ. And <clears throat> that doesn't always feel good. And I don't like it always. But I know that it's actually stretching my heart. And I'm, I know that I, I'm actually becoming more like Christ. And over time for me, I can go back and I can look like, well, there's like actual transformation. Um, I wasn't actually able to be patient with my kids, you know, like whenever it was. Um, and I, I suffered. I pretended to be patient. Um, and then I prayed and then all these things happen. Right. And I'll get to a point. It's like, well, that was an actual experience of like a real virtue and real patience. And I think that's maybe what I would share is, is um, um, that, that, that we don't always have to, we don't always have to find an answer, which is really hard for us. Um, but we can always encounter Christ <clears throat> in that and we can be very intimate with him in that way. There are way better answers than that, but that's my experience. Thoroughly enjoyed hanging out. Um, thank you guys for having me. Um, if anyone like is interested in at all in learning more about what Laura and I do, um, oh, I can have Mark or, or uh, you know any of the any of the priests send you our website, but it's just. MHSF online um, dot org uh, and uh, yeah, come find us after mass if you want and you can watch me like chase around our daughter and see it all in action. Um, but thanks for yeah your attention and um, I think I'll get the opportunity to come back in November and <clears throat> see you guys again and um, yeah, thanks for having me, Mark. So cool. Yeah, thanks guys. <laughs>